Hey, welcome to the Confidence in Christ podcast. I'm Kayla, a redeemed child of God, mom, wife, and someone who's actively seeking to find the reason behind people's unwavering confidence in Christ. Come along with me and find out how they do it, no matter what season of life they're in. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to my new friend, Jenna Lee Samuel. She is a founder and podcast host at Java with Jen Podcast, CEO of J Samuel Styling, mom to four boys, and serves alongside her husband as executive pastors in Orange, Texas. She grew up as a missionary kid and felt a call to ministry and missions at 14 when she started making disciples as a small group leader who trained other leaders as well. Her and her husband have been pastors in various roles since 2005. Her personal mission is to hasten Jesus' return through relationship discipleship, equipping the church and its leaders to hear his voice and walk as Jesus did, and funding missions through business. She has spoken to groups ranging from eight-person Bible studies all the way up to 85,000-person stadium events, but she considers her greatest achievement to be those she has discipled in a deeper walk with Jesus, who then disciple others to know him better too. Discipleship and hearing God's voice is at the core of her life mandate. That and coffee on the side doesn't hurt. She's here today to talk to us about a topic we haven't chatted about yet, so I'm so excited for you to hear um, one of the most well-dressed friends that I probably have talk about fashion and what fashion means to us in today's day and age. So I pray that um, as you uh, kind of prepare to listen, that you would have an open heart and an open mind and just hear what God has to say about how we dress, why he cares, and if he even really cares about how we dress, if it needs to be modest or just what all of that entails and what scripture has to say about it. We are going to have an amazing time hanging out with Jenna Lee. Come and let's start the chat. Well, Jenna Lee, I am so excited to chat with you today about uh, a topic that we don't usually talk about in our area, and I, I'm just so excited to dive into it. So thanks for joining me. Absolutely. It's so good to be here. Yeah. All right. So before we introduce you and things like that, um, my first question is always what your go-to book of the Bible is. So what is yours? Every day, all day Proverbs. It is the cheat sheet on life. I am telling my kids that all the time. I'm like, if in doubt, Proverbs. Yep. <laughs> love it. Love it. That's yeah. There's so much wisdom there. And I mean, yeah, it's got just yeah. enough for one day, every day of the month. And it's perfect. It is. It's great. I love it. Awesome. Well, can you just kind of introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you do and who you are. Sure. Well, um, I am a pastor with my husband. We've been in pastoral ministry for 17 years, but before I married my husband, I was, uh, I grew up a missionary kid and then in junior high and high school, I, um, I put a lot of energy into both worship and discipling my peers. And then I went to Bible school at teen mania's honor, honor Academy, which is where I really felt the call of God, um, more specifically, like discovered my giftings and really explored and discovered, uh, a very interactive relationship with the Lord. Mm. And I actually met my husband there over the phone. He was on my calling list and he was one of the youth pastors that I had to call. And so that's how I met him. Um, he's from India 
And so I shortly after graduating, went home for a year and a half or so, and then ended up moving out here and we got married shortly later. So um, we have four kids. They are the ages uh, 10 to 16, four boys. And so that's a lot of fun. But um, yeah, the Lord pulled me into fashion back in like, okay, for, first of all, let me just say I grew up fashion retarded. Okay. Like <laughs> there's no reason I should be considered an expert in fashion, but Jesus. So, <laughs> so in like 2000, well, I don't want to go into the story too far if you're going to ask the question in a minute, but anyway, so I got into fashion. The Lord pulled me into fashion. I'll dive into the story when you ask me the question, but, um, yeah, so the Lord pulled me here. So it's something I've been in since about 2015, 2016, and has been a really cool adventure because the Lord's just fun like that. Yeah. Well, and I love that he, can use someone who like fashion was not your thing. And he's like, Oh, Hey, by the way, this is, this is part of your mission field. Here you go. Right. Right. So oh, weird. He does it. He did. It's so him. And that's, what's so great about it is that when we look back and people are like, really her. And it's like, it could only be Jesus. And you're like, yes, raise hands. It's him. So I know, you know, it's so funny though. I can look back I was not allowed to look at fashion magazines ever. Um, oh. I think one time I tried to buy a fashion magazine when I was in New Zealand on a missions trip in high school and my team leader, not even my mom, my <laughs> team leader took it away from me and never <laughs> gave it back. I was like rude. And so I have never, but well, until now, now I have, but before then I had never owned a fashion magazine or anything. So, but I always did like, pretty things. I pick my movies based on how colorful and cute the outfits are. Not going to lie. I really don't like Star Wars and stuff like that. It's just, there's no color in the movie. Like, come on, yep. let's have a little more fun. So anyway, so I I've always seen those traces of that. I liked that stuff. Yeah. And so the Lord, the Lord didn't waste my quiet secret desires. So that's sweet yeah. of him. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. And you didn't you didn't push those down and make them so you're like nope like that can't be part of my life because I'm not allowed to do that like you allowed God to work through you just later on in life so mm -hmm. um tell us about how you got how'd you go from someone who wasn't allowed to have a fashion magazine to styling over 9,000 people like how does right. God do that there's <laughs> a fun story so okay when I was a young mom I had my kids back to back to back to back to back and growing up, I didn't know how to put a cute outfit together. I would look at people and I remember admiring girls at school who always had cute outfits and had new outfits every day. And I was like, how do they do this? And they just were like my heroes, but I was too bashful to ever talk to them. And I lived on hand-me-downs, you know, mm -hmm. I grew up a missionary kid. We didn't have money for that. Yep. And uh, so when I was a young mom, one of the girls in my youth group who was like, a sixth grader, seventh grader, I had her come into my closet and teach me how to put necklaces with t-shirts. That was like the level of my fashion, like growth was like, how do I put this chunky necklace with a basic t-shirt? And um, so that started me. And then I found this book called a hundred things. Every stylish woman needs in her closet by like Nina, somebody or other. And so I was like, Oh, you can learn this maybe. And so I read that book and it was fascinating. So then when I was nursing my babies, I just started like learning on Pinterest and reading blogs. And my body was changing a lot from having babies, nursing babies, losing weight, gaining weight, I was, but I was determined that just because I was having babies, I wasn't going to lose myself and just become a fat, sloppy mom. Mm -hmm. um, 
no offense to anybody who's listening. And, uh, and I was just determined. I still wanted to look nice. I still respected myself and I still wanted to look like I respected myself. So I was like, I guess I got to learn how to dress my body different. So that started this journey of me learning online. And so then a few years passed and I had, you know, started kind of learning some little tricks, learning some things. My, my style started improving a little bit. So then I started like telling all my friends how they should dress or like, Hey, when I think of you, here's some outfits, like picture, you know? And so I would send them a bunch of pictures and in a group chat and everyone's like, Oh yeah, that's the best. Oh, that's so great. You know, Pinterest was my best friend. Oh yeah. So then, so then I was at church one Sunday. 2015 and a friend who I I barely knew, um, came up to me and she goes, Jen, she said, you know what? I have a friend who works for stitch fix and they're actually hiring in our area. You would be great for that job. And I was like, what is stitch fix? I don't, I've never heard of them. (laughs) And so mind you by now I've developed some fashion sense. Okay. For her to even suggest that. And so I looked up stitch fix, find out it's an online styling company where they send you clothes in a box, teach you how to wear it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I was made for this job. I boss all my friends' closets around. This is the best thing ever. So I applied and they did not have any stylists from my area. I was, I was the furthest out from like the main headquarters. Mm -hmm. And then I got one other friend hired and then they stopped hiring this far out, this far out. And they have not hired in our city again. So it was like, literally the Lord dropped the job in my lap. Yeah. Okay. So let me back up a second before that opportunity came up. I, oh, that's right. I missed an important part for like two years. Everywhere that I went, it felt like there was a spotlight over my head because random people on the street, literally everywhere that I went, people would be like, oh my gosh, I love your outfit. Oh my gosh, you always look so cute. Oh my gosh, would you come dress me? And I just remember thinking, do people know how weird this is that they're like (laughs) asking me to come dress them and they don't know who I am, you know? So, but it was so frequent that it started getting my attention. Like, this is weird. Does anybody else experience this? You know, I'm like looking around and then, and then at the same time, I live in a very uh, prophetic culture. My husband and I teach a school of supernatural ministry. And so we train people how to hear God's voice, how to function in the prophetic. Our church operates in that. So there's a lot of prophetic around us. And so for two years, every prophetic word that I received from somebody had traces of fashion or style in it. They weren't all prophesying about it. They were like, one was like, I see you in a blazer and high heels. And what it means is the Lord is sophisticating you and he's elevating you and he's doing this and he's doing that. Another one was like, I saw you in this beautiful wedding dress and had all these beautiful jewels. There's a line of people behind you. And you took the dress off and you turned around and showed them like what everything on the dress meant. And I was like, what? So for two years, all these prophetic words that had something to do with clothing somehow. And so it just was enough to perk my interest. And I was like, what are you trying to say, Lord? But I realized he had to do that to get my heart in a place where I would even entertain Mm. an industry besides church, because I always knew I was called to ministry Mm -hmm. and I was all about the ministry. And I never would have considered a job outside of especially in fashion, you know, because I didn't right. feel qualified yeah. and it just, it wasn't what I knew my calling was. And so for two years, the Lord prepared my heart. And then I have this dream, never had a dream like it that before or since in this dream, I won't go into all the details, but I literally felt like I stepped into heaven 
And it felt like heaven was sitting on top of me even when I woke up. It was the most profound dream. But the gist of the dream was that the Lord was preparing me um, and he was inviting me into a new journey and a new calling. And that this new calling, not a, not that it was negating the previous one, but adding two. And he yeah. said in this new calling that the Lord was going to position me among people of influence and I would be in more places of visibility. And um, it just... Th- everything about it felt like, like Disneyland. In fact, that was part of the setting of the dream was Disneyland. And so it was just, when I woke up, I laid in bed and I just laid so still. And my husband was in the closet next to me. And I said, Steven, I said, I feel like if I stick my hand five inches above me, it's going to be in heaven. I was like, I feel like heaven is sitting on top of me. I had the best dream ever. And so (laughs) I got the dream interpreted, blah, blah, blah. But the point was the Lord was inviting me on this journey. So right after that was when I got an invitation to Stitch Fix. Mm. So I I went ahead and applied at Stitch Fix and they sent me an invitation to come interview. And for whatever reason, I actually had hesitation in my heart about it. And so did my husband. And so I actually told them no. And um, I turned it down. And I was confused. Turns out, I think the Lord needed to resolve some things in my heart about if we were having more kids or not. Mm -hmm. Once I got that resolved, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, if that stitch fix thing was from you, then I need you to make it very clear that you were putting that in front of me. Mm -hmm. That day, stitch fix emailed me three times asking me to reconsider. Oh my goodness. And I was like, I don't think that's normal. (laughs) And uh, found out the woman who was interviewing me actually was leaving the company, but she went ahead and sent those emails anyways. Mm. Anyway, so long story short, I got interviewed. I got hired. Um, It was like the fast track to learning how to style people. It was a wonderful company to work for. Worked there for three years, styled 8,000 people there, ended up leaving the job just because I there was no way to continue growing in the company, no promotion opportunity or like, it just got tedious. And so I was like, you know, I want to start my own business where I can be more hands-on with people, you know, and not just be behind a computer. So that's when I started my own business. And at one point I told the Lord, it had been a while since Stitch Fix and I didn't have any real active clients present. And I said, Lord, I don't want to lose my touch. You know, I don't want to get out of touch with fashion and stuff. So I need some way to stay involved. So then a company reaches out to me on Instagram and they are out of Tel Aviv, Israel and New York City. And they said, hey, we'd like you to come be a stylist with us. We saw we found your Instagram account. We think you're fabulous and we would love for you to style with us. I was like, sure. I sign on with them after a month of styling with them, similar to what we were doing at Stitch Fix, different, but somewhat similar, all digital. And um, and I and I was giving them lots of feedback. And the CEO of the company jumps on a Zoom call with me and just starts asking me a a bunch of questions. And so I was like, am I in trouble? Am I giving too much feedback? (laughs) And they're writing down like everything I'm saying, because I was suggesting ways we could adjust the platform or communicate with our clients, you know, to try to, I didn't know it was such a young company. I didn't know they were still building it. And so, so she said, uh, would you be willing to come on as a consultant and help us build our company? And I was Mm -hmm. like, Sure. I'm like, is this a bad time to tell her I never went to college? (laughs) You know, and I was fashion retarded six years ago, you know? So anyway, so I took the job with them 
It was wonderful. I loved working with them. I worked with them for a year. The company transformed. Um, we went from like zero to 1% conversion rate to like 85% conversion wow. rate, which is really, really high. Um, but I knew it was the Holy Spirit because he would give me ideas for the company. And then in the next meeting, the CEO would talk about it and say, hey, we've been thinking about this. And I was mm -hmm. like, yes, we need to do that. And the Lord would give me ideas, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I never went to business school. I, I was fashion retarded. And yet here I am styling for this company out of New York City and Israel and helping them build their $12 million business. So it oh was goodness. like crazy. So that was where the last thousand clients came from. I probably styled about, I don't know, 50 people locally or so. So anyways, that's, that's how I got where I'm at right now. Hey, I wanted to take just a moment and let you know that I am now offering more ways to get encouragement and build your confidence in Christ. KaylaDiane.com is the website the Lord led me to launch at the end of 2022. There you will have access to weekly blog posts, podcast episodes, Bible study resources, and more, offering encouragement and insight to help you draw closer to Jesus. You also have the opportunity to join my email community, a little sunshine in the form of an email landing in your inbox once a month. I pray that this website not only helps you build your confidence in Christ, but also connects you to a community of other believers walking a similar journey as you. I can't wait to see you over at KaylaDiane.com. Check the show notes for the link. And I uh, I mean, it's all God. Like that is all yeah. God. Like as you come going, I was like, well, it's like that wasn't her, that was God. I, I yeah. love how he works through that and how he took something that was just a small piece of like interest in you and grew it because he knew that he had formed that beautiful gift inside of you that you could share with so many other people. I I love that you're like, I fashioned uh t-shirts with necklaces because like I'm still in that and I need help. <laughs> so I might have someone else for you to style. But no like oh good yeah. in in our area it's just not I mean not that we aren't stylish but it's more like we dress for comfort. We dress for the cold because Northern Indiana oh, yeah. is not the warmest place to live 90% of the year. So it's mm. all about just like, it's not, not the fashion capital of the world. If I can say yeah. that, um, <laughs> when most of the community is wearing just dresses, they sewed out of their own homes. Like that's not, not us. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I love that he used that. And even if we live in an area that's not fashion oriented or fashion focused, like we can still clothe ourselves in who God calls us to be and, and do that in a biblical way. So how, how do you kind of, um, transform from like say the fashion world to, um, moving ministry into it. Cause in our area, um, everybody always goes to that verse in first Timothy. That's like, Oh, modesty, modesty, modesty. Like you have to be modest. So mm -hmm. how do we, how do we just work through that with, with God yeah. and how to dress? Yeah. You know, the, the moment people find out that I work in fashion and I'm a pastor, they're go, Oh, so you're going to teach women how to be modest. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, guys, can we please get out of our religious boxes? Like, yeah. oh my gosh. So when I got, not that I, I am actually a very modest dresser, um, but I have fun with my clothes. Okay. You yeah. know? And so when I got into this industry, I knew I was called to ministry. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, Lord, I am not going to put my time into something that 
I cannot see some eternal significance in. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, so you got to show me. So I searched the word. I was like, I need to see what God thinks about clothing and fashion and modesty and all this stuff. And you know, the only scripture that I found that seemed to have any kind of disdain is a strong word. That's not the right word, but like almost like condescension towards clothing was that passage in Timothy. But the reason why is because he's not even really talking about clothing entirely. He's talking about the condition of the heart in that passage in Timothy uh, chapter two, he's talking about true worship and appropriate worship. So the lens of that is actually, and actually most people don't know this, the, the city of Ephesus, who he's writing to, the culture is a Greek culture. In that culture, they actually, it's one of the only cultures where women were not oppressed, but they were actually considered like goddesses. And they were considered more powerful than men because they had all this great sex appeal and men wanted women. And so women had this cool power over men. So they considered women to be like goddesses. So in the context of Timothy, he's actually trying to counter some of the cultural norms. Mm -hmm. So in that sexualization, there was goddesses of of sex and to have have sex with the priestess in that in that religion was considered an act of worship it wasn't considered like this horrible destitute awful thing it was considered like the epitome of worship to have sex with the priestess and so for that culture that worshiped women and there was a lot of a sexualization around women he was trying to make the point here he's like hey women your beauty should not come from outward adornment like your culture he's saying instead it needs to come from a gentle quiet spirit that's precious to god meaning that that your true beauty isn't about the seductive power that you have as a woman. Your true beauty is actually about the nature and character of who you are on the inside. You having confidence in Christ, if you will. Yeah. And so I just, a lot of people don't realize that. So in the talk about worship, it's not even so much about, hey, don't wear this, wear that period. Cause you're a woman and now you're a Christian. You know, it was right. contextual to the culture. And so every other place in scripture that I saw I actually walked away realizing, oh my gosh, God cares a lot about what we wear. Like it's actually really important to him because if you look, the priests had very specific things they were supposed to wear. God was the first fashion designer. Thank Mm -hmm. you very much, Adam and Eve. He made them tunics and that word is still readily used in the fashion industry, tunics. (laughs) Um, He made them tunics. And if you look, when he made them clothes, that was the first place blood was ever spilt in the Bible when he killed the animals to make them clothing. And so like blood was shed so that they could be covered so that their shame could be dealt with. And if you look at that, Mm. shame is one of the primary emotions that came in at the fall. Clothing helped cover their shame, which means it restored dignity. There's a key. Mm -hmm. And at the cross, Jesus dealt with shame. Ironically, Jesus was stripped almost naked. And in his nakedness, shame was there in the sin of the people shame was there but the bible says that he uh that he scorned the shame for the joy set before him Mm. he endured the cross scorning its shame and so i feel like the joy set before him was that he was being obedient to the father fulfilling his call and glorifying the father and he scorned the shame of the cross meaning he would have nothing to do with shame he was like i'm in obedience this is beautiful and so i just think it's interesting clothing was there to help cover shame and restore dignity. 
And yet the lack of clothing was present when shame was felt. And, um, you know, scripture does talk about no one should look on your nakedness, you know? So there's, even when we get to heaven and we have glorified bodies, we still have clothes in heaven, robes of righteousness, you know? So clothes are important. And there's even a passage in Ezekiel where it, uh, it talks about the father, um, found a baby, an abandoned baby splashing about in its own blood. And that he grew her up and dressed her in fine linens. And um, in fact, the Proverbs 31 woman, it said she clothed her family in fine linens, that she even created clothing to sell to the merchants. Mm -hmm. And there's all these places throughout scripture that clothing was actually a sign of your status not in a bad way, your, your dignity. It was a Mm. sign of your dignity. And so in my course that I teach, I do teach a a short two hour course on fashion and stuff. And, and I, I explain like, Hey, what you wear is like a billboard to the world of how you feel and who you are and what you believe about yourself. I could probably wear a bikini when I go swimming, but I don't wear a bikini because I can't get past the message that it sends about me possibly mm-hmm. and what it might do for the men around me who just want to have pure hearts and minds, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just don't want to be the tool the devil uses that day to make them stumble, you know? Yeah. Now I'm not shaming bikinis. Some women are totally comfortable and their their comfort zone is there and that's fine. That's between you and the Lord. But there's certain things I can't do or I don't feel comfortable doing just because of the message I want to make sure I'm sending about who I am. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt me to just cover up a little bit, you know? So yeah. anyways, I feel like modesty is meant to come out of a confident identity that I am a daughter of God, like a queen. Like if I was a queen, yeah. how would I carry myself and how would I dress? I would wear good clothes and I would have high fashion and I would not, I would not, I don't know, dress like a skank. I just wouldn't. Right. Well, <laughs> can I'm- I say that? Yeah. <laughs> You can say it. No, that's totally fine because it's true. Like, and we don't realize that. We don't realize our actual position in heaven. We are daughters of a king. We are princesses walking around being his hands and feet. Like we represent him. We are his ambassadors, Paul says in Mm -hmm. all of the books that he writes. I think he mentions ambassadors almost every single time. Like we are there to represent Christ. And I love that God has used that and brought that out in you because honestly when we had talked before about like what topic to talk on this wasn't the first one that I was leaned towards but I knew that I needed this and that like my community needs this because mm-hmm. we might look at someone who dresses really nice all the time and be like well what has she got that she's trying to show off or what like and we just go into it with that totally wrong mindset when when we can look at it and be like no like we are representing christ and not that we have to be on display at all times but we can be confident in who he has made us and we can show that through the way we dress um and in uh the sermon on the mount jesus even says like god took the time to dress the lilies of the valley like how much more does mm-hmm. he love you and yeah. um just how like even what king solomon wore is nothing compared to the glory that god will dress us in with his righteousness and i think it's yeah it's just so neat to have someone bring that out and make that for today and not mm-hmm. for biblical times because i feel like we get yeah. stuck in that and that modesty bit gets pulled out and gets thrown in women's faces all the time and to understand mm-hmm. the context text around it is 
so key like we it makes so much more sense knowing the context of what women were seen as back in that time so thank you one for just bringing the word (laughs) and for giving us context because unless we dive in we don't know that context and sometimes god doesn't reveal that to us he reveals it through other people so yeah first off thanks for again bringing the word giving us context and just kind of explaining that to us um As we go through, and one of the big things I know that you talk about is just basing our identity in Christ, having our confidence in who he has made us to be. Um, How do we get focused on that versus like, um, oh, just how we see ourselves or Mm -hmm. like, oh, like I'm not that special. Or how do we, how do we focus in on Christ's identity of us and not what we think of ourselves? Yeah, I think. I think actually I did I did write this down. I feel like every time that our identity or confidence, I just love that word, confidence, <laughs> is challenged, it's an opportunity for us to choose. Mm. Okay, am I going to walk in my identity that God says that I am or am I not? And so I'm trying to think of an example here. Um I mean, I've even challenged myself like people have people have got begun to recognize me as fashionista that's what they call me which I don't actually love being called that but they call me that so I'm like okay thank you you know um they call me fashionista but they've just it's a characteristic they've come to recognize generally knows fashion she likes fashion she's fashionable um but I I challenged myself and I'm like generally if you could never walk away from it if you could if if the Lord said hey lay down fashion I just want you to be really simple um if I couldn't do that then I realized I'm drawing some identity from Mm -hmm. the labeling they're giving me Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that applies to anything in our life, but yeah. I feel like the importance of being aware of what we're believing about ourselves is more than just fashion, how we look, or just feeling confident. It's about walking in truth. Yeah. Like, I feel like what's happened with fashion in where the church has said, oh, fashion, it's vain. I was called vain growing up because I liked being cute. That's not vain. Beauty is one of God's attributes and he put it in women. And so when we walk in the beauty that he has given us, we're walking more fully in the attribute of God that he's given us as women. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, now where it becomes wrong, like any other gift is when it becomes Mm self-serving and when it begins to feed my need for significance, you can do that with money. You can do that with food. You can do that with success. You can do that with anything. And so it's just like anything else. It's about walking in true humility, which is walking in the truth of what God says about you, period. Mm -hmm. It shows up in this area, but it can show up in all areas of our life. And so for me, It is nice when people compliment me. Yes. But what is more nice to me is that I know that at the end of the day, the Lord thinks I'm beautiful because of how I have behaved and how I have carried myself and how I have treated people. It matters to me what he thinks about me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it is, it's not satisfying to get compliments if I feel ugly on the inside, (laughs) you know? Mm, Yeah. And that's, and that's where I think the identity in Christ takes on some flesh, you know, in a good way in that you know, we start to, cause we can say that confidence in Christ or identity in Christ. And most women are kind of like, I don't know what the heck that translates to, right, <laughs> you know, yeah. what does that look like? In my life? And so that's what it looks like is like when I'm, when my security is challenged, here's a good example. I had a friend, she's a podcaster. She was invited to speak at her church um, for a women's event. Well, in one of the, and she had told the Lord, I would love to do that. 
but I'm not going to put my name on the table. If that, if that's something you want me to do, you're going to bring them to me to invite me. And so two months later, they sent her a voice memo and said, Hey, we would like you to do this. And she was like jacked excited because she's like, <laughs> God sees me, you know? Yeah. So she's in a, she's in a planning meeting and in the planning meeting, they were going on and on about how expensive speakers can be, blah, blah, blah. And they go, well, at least our speaker this year is free. They never even talked about if they were going to pay her for her time or not. Oh. And she was like, what? And then they go, and we're not going to tell people that she's our speaker because we don't want it to be disappointing. We don't want them to have an opinion. They might be let down or feel like that wasn't a good plan. So we're just going to make it a surprise, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so after oh a few gosh. comments, I know <gasps> after a few comments like that, she stood up and she goes, Okay, so not only am I free, I'm terrible. Thank you. And she left. But and she went through a freedom session, you know, did all the things to deal with her emotions because that was an extreme level of disrespect. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the end of it, and this is where the confidence in Christ comes in, she said, you know what, Jenna Lee? I'm still doing it. Have they dishonored me? Yes. Have they been rude and completely devalued? Like, do I feel unvalued by them? Absolutely. She said, but you know what? God put it together. I know God sees me and I may not have the endorsement of man, but I have the endorsement of God and that's what matters. And I'm going to go preach and those women's lives are going to be changed. Yes. And I was like, that right there is what, and that was the test for her. That was the test yeah. of the situation, Yeah. but that's what it looks like to have confidence in Christ. You know what? People may not endorse me. People may never give me another compliment in my life. People may never like the outfit that I wear. People may never, whatever. Does God approve? God approves. Okay. Then that's enough you know? And so, mm. oh my goodness, what a powerful story. And that's so like, so tangible for us to understand is like, mm -hmm. I mean, literally we could get nothing else, but God spoke to her and she asked for that sign and he literally threw it at her. Like, here it is. And yeah, the other people might not have listened to what God actually had them planned, but for her to remember who she is and what Christ called her to is just so important. And we can, yeah. we all, not only can, but we need to do that. We need to remember what our true calling is, whether we yeah. are in the workforce, whether we're working at home, whether we're homeschooling our kids, like we are called to that good work and God approves of it. And when we can stand firm and know that we can be confident in what he has asked us to do, we shine so much more beautifully. And when that um, beauty comes from within it just magnifies out of us in the way that yeah. we um, if we allow it in the way we dress mm -hmm. and in the way we just carry ourselves so yeah man what a what a powerful story you know um can I propose one thought right there yeah no go for it I I didn't complete this thought earlier um what the world or what the church has done with fashion and with clothing and dress and attaching it to vanity period is the same thing the world has done with what humility looks like, where they feel like, or where, where we get the idea that humility is actually to beat ourselves down or self-loathing or um, self-deprecation or whatever. Humility is about walking in the truth of who you are. That's true humility, walking in truth. When you can walk as a beautiful woman of God, I propose you're walking in more humility if it's coming from a place of truth than if you're just trying to, than if you're trying to make yourself super um, simple looking to be more spiritual. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? If you're yeah. denying God, God made you a woman and gave you a nature of beauty. If you're denying that nature of beauty and mislabeling it as vanity, you're not walking in truth. Mm-hmm. You walk in truth when you come into agreement with how God has made you, what God says about you, what he's put inside of you. That's when you're walking in truth. And I would say even true humility. Yeah. Um, not off topic from what we're talking about, but off topic of what our kind of conversation is, but it goes right along with it. So last night I was um, talking with a friend and uh, God's really put this word in my head that's called toxic humility, where we mm. allow our humility to almost become toxic. And it does the mm. exact opposite of what humility is truly supposed to do. Like we yeah. almost insult God by lowering, yeah. our, lowering ourselves so far that it's like we aren't even part of the equation anymore. Like what an right. insult to him that like, yeah, you gave me all these talents. You gave me all these gifts. You made me beautiful on the inside. But like you, I'm going to humble myself so much and give you so much glory that like I totally took myself out of the equation. It mm-hmm. required me to have obedience. Like you want to credit me for the obedience I had in following you and whatever steps you had planned out for me. Like it took my obedience and it took me listening and um, discerning your voice to understand that. And um, it's just, I feel like it's just that toxic humility. We've just gone too far with it when in actuality, when you have that truth and you're standing in the truth of what humility really is, Mm -hmm. you just shine and you believe in yourself you have so much more confidence when Mm -hmm. you actually aren't kind of held down by that um negative connotation of humility in an our area specifically like oh my goodness like that is toxic humility is everywhere because it's all about like nope nope like you can't look good at all like you can't that's not what we're about and Mm -hmm. in truth we really are allowed to be beautiful god asked Mm -hmm. us and created us in such a way so no that was perfect i'm glad you threw that in there because as you said humility i was like i gotta talk about that i know that's been speaking to me i have to tell them about that new word that he gave me so that that's good that's spot on um i like that you had mentioned earlier that um you do styling courses so for (laughs) those of us like myself who might need a hand where (laughs) might i find that information (laughs) okay so um i actually just finally launched it i've been working on it since like i don't know april or something it's taken me forever um but it is available online it's not very expensive I made it very affordable. Um, it's two hours and it is at jsamuelstyling.com. Just the letter J for generally J Samuel, like first and second Samuel styling.com. And that'll bring you basically to my link tree. And it's, uh, it's one of the buttons on there. It's the top one right now. And, um, it's in, in it, I cover basically after styling 9,000 people, there are these recurring, themes and bits of information everybody has to have for their fashion to transform. And I just consolidated those most concentrated um, tools and put them into this course. And so it is possible for for people who want to learn, it is possible to go through this two-hour course and have different fashion by the end of it. Granted, you got to go deal with your closet after that, but (laughs) you'd have the information and you'd have the tools. And then it kind of unfolds this whole world of exploring and learning. And so- That's wonderful. Well, I'll make sure and link that in the show notes below because I mean, I definitely need to go sign up for that and get some little fashion (laughs) help. Um, but I, but I love that you offer that and that God is using that as, um, a form of ministry. Like what a beautiful, beautiful thing. 
As we kind of come to a close, do you have any words of encouragement for us? Like if we remember one thing that generally says, like, this is what you want to stick with us. Hmm. I feel like my life mission, which is teaching people the importance of hearing the Lord's voice, which I know doesn't directly have anything to do with fashion, but um, that is more central just to my heart is if we, it's central to what you teach confidence in Christ. How can you have confidence in who God says you are? If you don't even know what God is saying to you, Mm -hmm. you know, hearing his voice begins with being familiar with his word and reading his word. The Bible says that the, the word of God is uh, the more sure word of prophecy. And so hearing his voice is essential through the word of God, but you can develop um, a sensitivity to the Holy spirit's counsel inside of you. Mm -hmm. Um, as a way to have instruction for your life. And I wouldn't be in fashion if I wasn't able to lean into and recognize when the Holy Spirit is is speaking to me. And granted, he ordered my steps. He does order our steps. Um, But I just, I want to encourage everybody all day, every day for the rest of my life, like nurturing the ability to hear the Lord's voice is essential. And I have some podcast episodes on that. So if anybody wants yes. to learn, I have podcast episodes on those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that would be it. And take, just taking the time to listen. Like the Lord told me one time I had three people within a couple of days, ask me the same question. And they said, how do I, how do I hear God's voice? How do I know when he's speaking to me? And, um, and I finally, the third time asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, should I be telling them something different? This question keeps coming up. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, I was changing a baby's diaper when I was talking to the Lord about it. And he whispered to my heart. He said, generally, he said, first, my people need to know that I will speak to them. Mm-hmm. They need to expect that I will speak to them. And it it kind of blew my mind that people would not assume that, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it kind of makes sense because of how I've heard people talk. And yeah. so Je- Jeremiah talks about that. He says, you come to me, I will show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. He promises to show us things we didn't know beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so I would just say for anybody listening, it's a key to your confidence in Christ. It's a key to success in life. It's a key to even having great fashion, learning to hear yeah. God's voice. You never lose your need for, for the Holy Spirit's direction. Yes. And I love that because it weaves in and out. It always comes back to, are you spending time with God? Are you showing up with him and just being with him to hear him? Because if we're not spending time with him, you're never going to hear him. So I I love that. And that's a great kind of word to end on. So I am so excited that we had this conversation. I'm so thankful for just your wisdom and uh, just the word that God gives you that you share it so freely and so openly. And uh, I'm just so appreciative of our our new friendship and just uh, this connection that uh, podcasting has given us. So thank you again for joining me today. Absolutely. It was good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Jenna Lee is just so fabulous, isn't she? I love her enthusiasm and her passion for not just fashion, but for the Lord and for knowing him better and just having different insights than maybe we've heard before. Uh, I wanted to give you just a couple of the takeaways that I had from our conversation. Uh, One of them is just really getting in tune and knowing God and being able to hear him when he speaks. That is just such a key to um, everything that Jenna Lee was talking about. 
Also, don't let the assumed rules of modesty from the church keep you from the beauty that God created in you, whether you show that through fashion or through different uh, gifts that he's given you. Don't let that hinder what God has created you to be. And lastly, center your identity in who God says you are, not what you wear, not your job, or what others say about you. I loved when she was talking about how um, people could never give her another compliment ever about how she dresses, and she would still be confident in knowing that she is who God created her to be. So I pray that we can find that same confidence, um, whether that is boosted through how we dress or um, different things like that. Like, may we remember who we are in Christ. Uh, I encourage you to jump over and check out Je- uh, Jenna Lee's uh, podcast. It's called Java with Jen. It is amazing. She is just as spunky over there. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you check out the stuff in the show notes that has all of the information to get in contact with her. I took so much away from this time together. If you listened to this episode and took something helpful with you, I'd love to hear about it. Go down to the show notes and follow one of my links to connect. Want to hear more personal and applicable ways to have more confidence in Christ? Check out the daily CCKs, two to three minutes to start your day off with confidence-filled scripture. Until next time, authentically share your confidence in Christ with others.